Two, week, two weeks ago, uh, Brother Colin presented Psalm 38, and both of us had looked at it and said, I can't believe nobody took this yet. And so as I was studying for it, he got up and gave it. And thank you, Colin. You helped me out tremendously because when I read it and studied it more and more, just one verse or two verses just grabbed me, and I was trying to figure out how I was going to just do all of it. And when I wanted to just do the couple of verses, you did a great job. You covered, you know, verse by verse. What I want to do is is uh, focus in on just a, a few verses. I made an outline, and then this morning I was thinking about it, and I decided to start at the last part and go back to the first part. Uh, thank you, Jonathan. I, I left out a whole section on the David and Goliath story. What made the difference? It was his heart. Yes. I mean, when, when Samuel came to anoint the next king of Israel, it wasn't the tall guy. It wasn't the first guy. It was his heart. Yes. Saul was chosen by the same God. He was head, you know, shoulders and head above all other men. Yes. Why wasn't he fighting Goliath? Exactly. Right. I mean, it was his heart. It was the heart. David had a heart that was motivated by God. Right. The verse that, that first grabbed me from Psalm 138, and I'm going to read the whole thing a little bit later, is verse 8. It says, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Yes. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Amen. That first phrase, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me, was what, was what really grabbed me. We know that God is going to perfect us. Jesus Christ has perfected us legally. When we get to heaven, we'll have a glorified body. We'll be completely and totally perfected. But I don't think that's what David is talking about right there. Uh, there's also a verse that, that Jonathan brought the other day from, uh, from Romans about from Corinthians 10.6. That's what you do when you back up on your notes. Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 15.5. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And that's only by the grace of God, by what, what he's done for us, by giving us a new heart. And this grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not bestowed in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Amen. Part of that perfection is the fact that we have to do our laboring. God will perfect us. And as I think of that, that last verse in, in Psalm 138, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. I think of the illustration of the potter and the clay. You know, we are the potter and the clay. And in a particular example in the Bible, you know, one vessel is a vessel to dishonor, to be a vessel of wrath, the other is a vessel of mercy. But even in that same illustration, if we just adjust a little, even on our own lives, we're we're the vessel and God is perfecting us, just like, you know, I've I've never really done clay. You know, somebody like Chelsea may know and understand the potter and the clay, but it doesn't start off pretty. It just starts off as this lump. And as the Lord forms it, and as I think of, you know, of our lives, I think of individuals' lives in this church, as the Lord works in our lives year after year, day after day, it doesn't always look pretty. And as we're sitting there as an outsider, we don't, 
We don't understand the final product. I mean, we can look at like David and we can say, yes, the Lord will perfect me, but it looks awful ugly right now. I mean, as he's forming that, you know, he may form it and then he may say, no, I don't like that, and he punches it down, redoes it, or he may form it in a way that we don't think is the right way to be formed, but he's the potter, we're the clay. We have to just trust him. You know, he may form it and... You know, in the very next chapter, David talks about being formed in the womb, each part, how it's made. You know, we've got people in here that have children that weren't formed quite rightly in the room. That was God's choice. It may be hard right now. It may be a struggle. But God is the potter. He's working it, and he is going to perfect us. He's going to perfect us in this life, but it's going to take work on our part, like the Apostle Paul told us. But... It's just a beautiful illustration, and, and, and in this verse, and the idea of perfecting, you know, I almost see David saying, you know, Lord, you know, I know you're going to perfect me, but then he goes to the middle part of the verse, thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. You know, remember, Lord, I'm struggling, I'm having faults, I'm going to fail, but Lord, your mercy endures forever. And then the last part, you know, it's almost like, you know, he's confident, you know, you will perfect me, but, you know, remember your mercy. It does endure forever. And then just kind of a prayer and a cry to the Lord, you know, don't forsake the work of your own hands. You know, I'm the work of your hands. I'm your child. Please be merciful to me. Don't forsake me. That is the verse that really grabbed me. And how is that, how is that accomplished is just the short little things that I want to want to, want to bring out now once I get my pages in order. Uh, before I actually read uh, Psalm 138, I want to go to the words of the Apostle John and 3 John. They're great words. It's to Gaius. All right, the words to Gaius. The Apostle John, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Two points that that I want to emphasize from that, and as really has been emphasized over the last couple of months, has been, you know, it's not just the talk, it's it's just not the words, it's the walk. It's truth and the walk. You know, everything we need to walk in the truth requires strength in the soul. You know, you can think of, of all the trials, all the tribulations in life, uh, everything are answered by a strong soul. You know, whether it's physical dis- you know, disabilities, whether it's emotional, whatever the stress may be, whatever the struggle may be, strength of soul is what got David where he is, and it's, it's what can allow us to walk and to be successful. Yes. You know, David's son, Solomon, would say, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You know, Jesus Christ would even say, you know, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart yes. and with all thy soul 
and with all thy might, mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. The heart is all important. You know, when we talk about the heart, and there's been whole sermons preached on it, you know, out in the world, you know, think of the heart as that little pump that pumps the blood. In the Bible, it's talking, you know, it's the heart, the soul, the mind, the, the, the seed of our emotions, our passions, our lust, they come from the heart. And, you know, just an example that David would say, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You know, why is the heart so important? Jeremiah tells us the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. With that in mind, let's read Psalm 138. I'll read it to you. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Amen. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Amen. In the day when I cried, thou answeredest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Amen. Though the Lord be high, yet he hath respect unto the lowly. Yes. But the proud, the proud in heart, he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of my enemy, enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. Amen. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Amen. I'm going to jump to, to verse 3 because that's, that's kind of the focus of, of, of how we do what we need to do. In the day when I cr cried, thou answeredest me and strengthened me with strength in my soul. Amen. You know, consider the cry of, of, of David's prayer. He says God answered him, so we know that he prayed, God, you know, strengthen my soul. You know, what do we pray for? Do we pray for things? Do we pray for less important, less effective things than a strong and, and, yes. and healthy soul? We need to ask ourselves that question. Consider this. What if we prayed and worked and prayed for our soul and, and actually worked to do things to strengthen our soul? Yes. That would be the most profitable thing that we could possibly do as opposed to praying for things that we need, things that we need. You know, do we really want to and do we really actually pray and labor for strength in our heart and our souls? We just heard this verse Wednesday, and I'm going to read it again because I messed it up the first time. 2 Corinthians 15, verse 10. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Even the other apostles, Paul, labored more abundantly than they all. He put work towards his words. Yet I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which is in me. The Lord must begin a good work in our heart by his mercy, but we must labor. Yes. You know, in our church, unlike so many other churches in the world, knowledge is not a, 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 an issue with us. You know, we don't know everything, but we have had incredible amount of teaching 
it's it's the heart, it's the desire right. that we have to yes. really motivate, that we have to work on. We know what to do, so it all comes down again to the to the soul, to the yes. heart. What do we focus on? There's a verse to me that is is just a very powerful example of how to get our heart in the right place. In Luke 12, 34, it says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We have to set our things on things above. You know, anything that we put all of our time into, we actually learn to like. I mean, the Lord tells us if we put our, if, if we have a treasure and we focus on that treasure, our heart's going to be there. And we can tell, like we've heard so many times, we can tell where our treasure is. You know, we, we've heard about the, the John 6 seekers. Their, their treasure was in their belly. They wanted, a new, they wanted a meal every day free. They really weren't just interested in the truth of God's word. Right. If we put our focus on God's kingdom, on serving God's people, we put our time, we put our effort, that will become our treasure. If it is not, God tells us to set our mind on it. And if, in reality, if our, if our heart's not in the right place, God isn't our treasure. But we can set our heart yes. on God. Yes. We can say, I'm going to start doing this and this and this. Like Paul, I'm going to labor more abundantly doing these, these things. And all of a sudden, the Lord will hear our prayers because it will be directed towards him. He will strengthen us. Yes. And that thing that David had that made him different from everybody else, his heart, will give us the, the motivation yes. and the courage. Amen and the ability to do what we need to do. For where the treasure is, there will her heart be also. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth us, and it's all according to our heart. Amen. Amen. Amen.